0: Hey, what's up guys? Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the Forward Progress Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Party, and today we're going to be recapping the week 4 slate of games and then previewing the Thursday night football matchup between the Colts and the Broncos. So, let's get right on into it. Alright, so starting things off with the London game, the Vikings taking on the Saints. Vikings winning 28-25 um I had the Vikings covering and winning so that was good (laughs) Uh, this was a game that Justin Jefferson really needed especially going against a top corner like Marshawn Lattimore he put up 10 catches and 147 yards looking completely dominant after being quiet for the previous two weeks um yeah there was I feel like there was starting to be a question like oh like is he just gonna be a decoy out there this year like drawing like doubles triple teams or and like not being able to produce like a wide receiver one But I mean this game showed that he is clearly able to do that and also able to put the team and this passing offense on his back because the Saints defensive line was just absolutely owning the Vikings Um, Four pressures from Davenport six from Jordan and they were also making plays all days containing um, Alvin Cook for the most part making this offense really reliant on Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. Um, For the Saints side of the ball, I thought that their offense looked a lot better with Andy Dalton. Uh, They obviously came up just short of the win, but Dalton was distributing um, hitting open receivers all day. And Olave showed that he can step up and be the number one with Michael Thomas out too. So I thought this showed a lot about this team and I wonder if um, they decide to keep Dalton in there for a couple more weeks even when Jameis is healthy because I don't know, this offense just looked better with him in it, that's what I thought then we have the jets at the steelers uh, jets winning 24 to 20 covering and winning as i predicted um neither of these stat lines are going to look pretty for these young quarterbacks but i thought both of them looked good zach wilson finished 18 of 36 252 yards one touchdown two picks um, one of the picks was definitely on him just being aggressive overthrowing a crossing route into cover one when there was a another corner that he just like assumed wasn't there or something i don't know also like it was an inaccurate throw. Um, the other one was a tipped ball that should have been caught, not really on him. And he really turned it up in the second half, leading a second-half comeback. There were a lot of drops by the Jets, and Zach Wilson was running for his life back there. Um, the, this offensive line is just in shambles right now. I'll go over that a bit more later. But um, the connection with Garrett Wilson, him and Garrett Wilson were on page like the entire game, and especially in the fourth quarter, um Davis was really stepping it up and getting open being showing that connection that they started to build last year I don't know entirely like what it was but just watching this game you kind of felt like Zach Wilson had it he had like that it factor and yeah this this game inspired confidence in me not for this season I still don't think the Jets are going to be able to make too much noise this season but I feel like that they might might actually have the guy for the first time in forever um, Pickett on the other end. He also looked really good coming in mid-game not really having a lot to a lot of time to work with the ones um, Him and Pickens that connection is already instantly there They just they're gonna be phenomenal for years to come completing two beautiful back shoulder throws that looked like it was Aaron Rodgers throwing into Devontae Adams The fact that they already have all this chemistry is insane his first pick was under deep ball Um He needs to learn what he can and can't do with his arm. Like, he doesn't have the strongest arm in the league, but it was tipped around. Like, it hit Claypool, but Claypool had to, like, slow down a bit in order to try to get under it and tipped it up and it got picked. And the second one, he just kept, like, drifting back and tried to throw it away to a tight end in the flat, overthrew him and got tipped and intercepted. And then the last one was a. Hail Mary. So it's like, yeah, end of, end of game, Like that's not really going to knock you down on him. But overall, he was just able to move this offense, bring a different feel, and score more points than Mitchell Trubisky was able to do. So yeah, promising sign for a young rookie quarterback. And neither of these teams, though, have the offensive line needed to protect the their quarterbacks. To be fair on the Jets, though, what they're going through is just ridiculous. Um, They had their starting right guard at left tackle, because they've had three injuries now to tackles in George Fant, um, Mackay Becton, and Dwayne Brown. So their backup right guard was there, and they had to move that backup right guard to right tackle after their backup right tackle, so that's their fourth tackle went down with an injury. Um, I'm optimistic that they'll be fine in a year, they have a lot of pieces in place and they're just dealing with a lot of injuries but the Steelers I'm not so confident they just seem to have like no plus starters and no real path to one outside of drafting or getting lucky in free agency moving on to the next game the Browns at the Falcons Um, I was wrong I thought the Browns would cover and win but the Falcons won 20 to 23 Uh, this was a great game for AJ Terrell he was following Cooper on all day and only gave up one catch for nine yards on three targets His season this year hasn't been quite as good as it was last year and this matchup kind of made me wonder like is he going to be like a matchup dependent cornerback as DK Metcalf and Michael Thomas really got the better of him, had some nice catches winning in that tight coverage as they're both great contested catch guys. While he was able to lock up Cooper, who was more like a separation guy, get away from the corner and make the easy catch, not so much enough for his hand. That's something I'm going to be watching going forward. It's like when he faces these physical wide receivers, is he going to see a drop in play? The Falcons ground game also killed it, though um the blocking was just phenomenal so it really didn't matter who was back there with the rock as patterson was injured um limited with injuries throughout the game but the rookie tyler Algier and second year back caleb huntley got the majority of the low today and were hitting holes perfectly not necessarily like breaking a bunch of tackles but just following the lanes exactly like they needed to and making the most of what their offensive line was giving them this falcon's own line was just completely dominant good to see for them and the Browns really needed this game as their upcoming schedule is just going to get a lot tougher with the Chargers, Pats, Ravens, Dolphins, and Bills coming up. If they want to make the playoffs, it'll be by staying afloat off the backs of Chubb and Hunt, who both looked really good this game, but they need to be at least like around 500 when Deshaun comes back, or else I feel like it's just going to be too far gone in the AFC. Alright, then we have the Bills at the Ravens. Um, the Bills winning 23 to 20, so got the winner correct. That actually was a push because when I put it in, it was a three point spread. Uh, Matt Milano had an incredible game for the Bills. I just felt like he was everywhere in coverage, but especially in run defense, that's where he was just lights out, finishing with 13 tackles and two TFLs. And then for the Ravens, they also had a uh, defender with a huge game in Justin Matabuike, forcing a bunch of pressure, being good in run defense and having two batted passes. He's in the midst of a breakout campaign, and this could honestly be elevating him to superstar status. Like he's just looking like one of the best defensive linemen in the league right now. And then I know the Ravens lost, but I think this was a good one overall. They got Dobbin back, and he looked amazing this game. And they show that they are able to move the ball against a top-tier defense like Buffalo's. They just really stalled when the rain started coming down real hard, and kind of put punch it in there at the end. Then we have the Commanders at the Cowboys, uh, Cowboys winning 25 to 10. Uh, I was correct, I had the Cowboys covering and winning, but wow, this Commander's secondary is just so bad. Because And it's weird, because like on paper you look at it and it theoretically should be good with William Jackson, Kendall Fuller, and Benjamin St. Joe's at corner, but all three of them were giving a big plays all day. Albeit to a talented wide receiver trio of CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Noah Brown, But I don't know if they either need to get new coaching or new players or both. Like this marriage of Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera with this secondary is just flat out not working. And without Chase Young up there to cause a bunch of pressure. Like, yeah. Just looking like one of the worst defenses in the league right now. And shockingly, the Commanders' secondary is only their second worst position group because this offensive line is just terrible just decimated for the second week in a row, giving up 25 pressures this week, although only two sacks, but also like multiple penalties too. Uh, Carson Wentz is terrible under pressure as well. And it feels like this, like, this offensive line is playing so bad. that This is a joke, but like it feels like this offensive line knows that. and It's like, okay, like let's just play bad so we can get um, Taylor Heineke or Sam Howell in here instead because like, we we don't want Carson Wentz back here. So let's just, give them all this pressure. Like that's how badly they're playing. It feels like that they're doing it on purpose because on paper, like they, they weren't that bad last year. Like they aren't a bunch of poor players. They should be like average, but that's what happens when you build an average offensive line, you go against talented players and like, oh yeah, like they can't hold their own. On a positive note though, the Cowboys defense looks real legit. The Trayvon Diggs, he just played unconscious this game, locking down Terry McLaurin all game. And this pass rush was getting after it, as always. Even Dante Fowler was able to get involved there. Um, it looks like that they can be serious contenders, especially when Dak gets back soon. Then we have the Seahawks at the Lions in an epic shootout, finishing 48-45. to 45. Um, I did have the Lions winning and covering, even though I was a bit more skeptical once. I saw Amon Ra and DJ um, Clark were out, or Chark was out, but... Honestly, I thought it would be, oh, the Lions aren't going to be able to put up points, not 48 to 45. That's just crazy. Um, Do the Seattle Seahawks have the best quarterback and running back in the league? Geno Smith, he played absolutely on fire Sunday, completing 23 for 30 for two touchdowns, and then another 49 yards and a touchdown on the ground. And then Penny had 151 yards and two touchdowns on 17 attempts. Obviously, the Seahawks aren't gonna be able to get them out of or get these performances out of these players every week, but it's definitely really nice to see that they have this in them as Geno Smith and Rashad Penny were high draft picks. Like Geno Smith was a second-round pick all those years ago. Rashad Penny, first round pick. Um Smith just never got his chance after two years with the Jets, and then Penny's just always been injured. Um I could definitely see this being a consistent thing, not not 151 and two for Penny, but like just being one of the top backs, like that could become a real thing for Penny. He's averaged 5.7 yards per carry throughout his career and over six yards per carry in these past two years. Um, he's just been hamstrung by injuries throughout his career. So hopefully he can stay healthy and be like, Hey, like this is why I was drafted in the first round. This is why I was one of the greatest college running backs of all time. And now like, I'm going to be a good NFL running back instead of just like an injury prone bust. D.K. Metcalf also got the better of Jeff Okuda for the Seahawks. Um, Jeff Okuda gave up three catches and 101 yards to him, and then two more catches and 23 more yards to Tyler Lockett. Okuda's done great against other top receivers this year, most notably Justin Jefferson. So we'll have to see if this game was just like a blip in the radar for him. Just like, okay, like he had a bit of a slip up, or if the Seahawks found a legitimate way to expose him. Or maybe it just similarly to A.J. Terrell, like he's better against the pure separator types than these physical bully um, catch point receivers. Overall, though, this Lions defense definitely isn't what I was expecting. Um, Way worse, in fact. Over Warrior, he looks like he's taken a serious step back as the cornerback too, which is weird because he looked good as a CB1 and now as a CB2 he's not as good. I don't know, that's that's strange. Um, They're really missing Tracy Walker at safety, both for his coverage and his run defense and this pass rush isn't getting after the quarterback at the rate I thought they'd be able to. Um, I thought Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, I thought he was great heading into the year. Like he looked he looked great as the DB's coach in New Orleans, and then last year with this, the Lions, like they had a decent defense for their personnel. But so far this defense has been the worst in the league, and it's time to start asking the question of, is it personnel or is it coaching? Then we have the Chargers at the Texans. Chargers winning 34 to 24. Um, I did have the Char- the Texans upsetting and winning, so that was obviously wrong. Uh really good to see the Chargers overcome all their injuries, even though if it it did look a bit shaky out there. Um, I do think Herbert, he looked like he's still playing a bit injured. I felt like he was dumping it off to the check down or throwing it away a bit faster than he normally does. So hopefully next week he'll be fully healthy and able to be the freaking Greek god that we know him to be but overall he definitely looked good this game um a lot of that had to do with the protection was a lot better than I was expecting because they ended up putting Jamari Salier at left tackle instead of Storm Norton and yeah I'm really glad they did because Salier looked really good the six-round pick out of Georgia um I don't think maybe he'll become the right tackle next year when Slater comes back at the way he's playing. If not, he's definitely got a chance to compete for a guard spot. Maybe Fyler kicks out for tackle. I don't know what will happen there, but he seems like one of the five best linemen for the Chargers right now. Eckler also looked really good finding the end zone three different times after being shut out in the first three weeks. Um, This offense feels like it's still missing something, though. And while I think getting Keenan Allen is going to help out a bunch, this team would really benefit from getting a speed threat somehow. Um, I don't know if anyone's like I know Andy Isabella just got cut but he's not has been it so far like he hasn't really you haven't seen that real speed I don't know if Deshaun Jackson's willing to I don't think ja- Deshaun Jackson officially retired but I don't know if he'd come back to play for the Chargers or is there someone like that someone who can take the top off the defense because they really need that right now and then on the other side Damien Pierce finally had his breakout game or not finally it's game four of his career but it was mostly coming off the back of really a really well executed toss play um it probably would help him to get a bit more involved in the past game as he only had six catches for eight yards or not only six catches, but six catches for only eight yards. So they kind of see him out there and it's like, oh yeah, we can just rally and tackle him right away. Not really seeing as much of a threat. And they also need to get someone else to get a bit more involved in the ground game. Um Pierce was literally the only Texan with a rush. I don't think I've ever seen that where only one player moved the ball on the ground. Like, quarterback didn't roll out at all um burkhead he didn't get any rushing yards that that's crazy they passed every single time he wasn't on the field then the titans at the colts the titans winning 24 to 17 covering and winning like i predicted so this colts team is definitely not playoff quality Uh, many people thought they would be coming in the year. i thought that they'd be at least like close i did have them outside of the playoffs in my prediction but I didn't think it was going to be this bad. Their defense looks good, but their offense has no identity, and Jonathan Taylor is not going to be missing some time, even though they were hardly able to get him going in the first place. This offensive line, which used to be a strength for this team, is now a weakness. Matt Ryan for almost every time he's touched, and these receivers just are nothing special. Um, it's nice to see Mo cox kind of have a little breakout, but overall I'm just so uninspired by this team. And speaking of uninspiring, the Titans really didn't do a lot to help me buy into them in four games they've scored 13 7 24 and 24 points in the first half and then seven in the second half all coming off that week one touchdown against the giants and they even shut out every single other second half um it worked these last two weeks because their defense was impressing and they were able to um overcome all the injuries that they've been dealing with so far but they clearly have a problem at countering the opposing defense's halftime adjustments and that's something that they're going to have to fix up fast. However, Derek Henry looks like he's getting back up to full speed again, which is going to help a lot. Um, he's going to need to step up and carry this offense from the looks of it right now because it doesn't look too great in terms of pass protection and pass catcher so far. But Chico did have a nice little breakout game, so we'll see if they can build upon that going forwards. Then we have the Bears at the Giants. The Giants winning 20-12. Um... To lost by me and both I thought the Bears would cover and win Um, probably the last time I'm going to say that (laughs) Uh, this this was a really weird but effective game plan by the Giants and I liked it a lot. The Bears couldn't stop the bootleg if their life depended on it and Daniel Jones was doing a great job either hitting his receivers wide open while on the run like just putting it perfectly or doing it himself using his legs and he's a really good athletic quarterback. Um, combine that with Saquon Barkley having a great game, and that's a good recipe for success against an opposing offense, especially an opposing offense that can't do anything. Um, this Giants pass rush just feasted today against uh, the poor Bears offensive line. Lawrence had eight pressures by himself, Lauri had another three and a strip sack, and Kayvon Thibodeau had four more. Um, they were without leonard williams who's arguably their best pass rusher which makes me really want to see what all of these guys look together and while facing a real offensive line too this bears offense is just so depressing to watch though you can see all the talent with field you can tell he's a good young quarterback with all this promise um he his escapability this game was amazing like i said all those pressures they didn't really get home to him and sack him a lot though and he was able to extend plays, use his arm, um, sometimes just doing it himself because there were so many times where he was just standing there in the pocket and was like, yeah, there's no one open for like three, four seconds. Like, for the most part, this Bears offensive line was bad. But every once in a while, like, when they were able to hold up, there was just nowhere for Fields to go with the ball. I really hope that the Bears do him right next year, though, like, Either get him some weapons, get him a better offensive line, or trade him to someone who will because they're just wasting his talent right now. Then we have the Jags at the Eagles. Um, I was wrong. I thought the Jags would cover and win, but the Eagles won 29-21. to This was just an ugly game for triple lines. Um I think it was mostly based off of the inability to control the ball in the rain, but still, like, field, or not fields, um, Hurst was able to. Why weren't you? Uh, he, he needs to work on tugging the ball in a bit more. One of those fumbles was just like a swipe on his hands and maybe he should consider like gloves in the rain because this is going to be a problem for him playing in Florida. Like rain's going to be there a lot. And he literally just, one, the first fumble, he was just rolling out, oh, like escaping pressure nicely and running it like shady and dropped it out of sand. Um However, I thought the Eagles showed a lot of fight today. Um, Don't want to take anything away from them. They rallied while down 14 to nothing in the pouring rain. They could have easily unfolded and been like, oh, you can't win them all, especially in like crazy weather conditions, but they didn't. They bounced back. Their offense was clicking all day on the ground game. Um, Miles Sanders in the run game, man, just went off. Hurts in this passing attack was not at its best, probably being affected by all the wind and rain, but this ground game was electric great run blocking, especially by Jason Kelsey, just like moving people and Miles Sanders was showing off his uh, amazing vision while also breaking tackle after tackle. This was probably the best game of his career. Really exciting to watch. Then we have the Carolina Panthers um, or the Cardinals going to the Panthers with the Cardinals winning 26 to 16. Um, I was correct. I thought the Cardinals who were oddly underdogs in this game, I was like, yeah, they're going to cover and win that. This is another game, though, that didn't really inspire a lot of confidence for me in either team, maybe a tiny bit in the Cardinals. I don't know. I I feel so neutral about the Cardinals right now. They started slow like they always did, but they had a really nice second half. Um, The Kyler to Hollywood connection was looking great, and this offense is going to be getting a huge addition soon in DeAndre Hopkins. But this just isn't a sustainable way to win games, just coming out flat and turning it on into the second half. Like you aren't going to be able to beat good teams like that. We'll see if DeAndre Hopkins is able to help them turn the tides or just something like... It's so weird. Like Scripted plays are supposed to be like some of the most successful ones and it seems like Cliff Kingsbury in this offense is just unable to do anything. Um, talk about not sustainable though. This Baker Mayfield experiment is failing drastically in Carolina. I think they still ride him out as a starter for the rest of the season. I don't think P.J. Walker really has it. Um, but this offense as a whole just doesn't look good. So, like, I feel like if you throw P.J. Walker in it, you'll just get more of the same because there was fumbles, drops, poor line play. Um, McCaffrey really feels like the only competent player on this offense. D.J. Moore, too, but it's just tough when he's so reliant on the quarterback. But there's rumors that they're trading McCaffrey right now, or at least that he's on the trade block and they're, like, receiving calls about him. So it's not a good look for Carolina. However, I thought uh, Frankie Louvu for the Panthers defense is having a breakout campaign so far um, Just he had a pick six this game just all over the field making some key stops and deep uh, run defense too and um, good tackling and coverage this defense as a whole does have some promise definitely more promise in the offense with some exciting players like JC Horn, Brian Burns, Derek Brown and Shaq Thompson to go along with Luvu so if they want the seventh seed which isn't completely out of the picture yet I think it would be off the back of this defense really stepping up then we have the Patriots at the Packers, the Packers winning an overtime thriller at 24-27. to 27. Um, I was so hesitant about picking the Packers to cover, but I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, they'll, they'll cover. Um, but that was a big spread, and obviously, the Patriots were able to keep it close. Um, a lot of that was because Rodgers was off and early today, but he looked a lot better in the second half. He's trusting his receivers more, especially Dubs. Um, as he keeps taking deep shots to them, but he, most of those deep shots that he took today were overthrows. Um, I don't know if that was just like a miscommunication thing, not knowing his receivers or just being inaccurate either way was not a good game for him early on, but he really turned it on in the second half and it helped lead the surprising comeback effort, um, the Patriots really, I think, were only in this game because their guards and their center, Strange Andrews and Onwenu, were creating holes after hole for Harris and Stevenson, who were taking advantage of that with a really strong run game by the Patriots. And we also got to see a second rookie quarterback play today. Surprisingly, um, Bailey Zappi came in for an injured Hoyer after Hoyer was in for injured back Jones. Um, the game plan was very simple when he was in there; they just ran it a bunch pretty much and he wasn't bad when they did ask him to throw it actually completing 10 passes 15 attempts for 99 yards and a touchdown he's got to get better pocket feel for sure he took multiple sacks as he was just standing in there way too long and was just oblivious to the backside pressure but i mean for a third string rookie quarterback who is a fourth round pick could do a, could look a lot worse in his first game all right then we have the broncos at the raiders the raiders winning 23 to 32 um i was correct i had the Raiders winning and covering. Josh Jacobs had one of the best games of his career. If not the best. With the Raiders blocking. Actually looking pretty good. Um, there's a lot of doubts about this offensive line early on. And I mean I think they've been average. They haven't been the worst offensive line by far. I think like. I don't think they're obviously good. But they haven't been the reason why they've lost any of these games so far in my opinion. And then Josh Jacobs. He was just running hard. Hitting the holes. Breaking tackles. Just. Everything you want to premiere back to be in this game. And then the Broncos wide receivers really had their way with the Raiders secondary, I thought. But the pass rush of the Raiders really caused the Broncos offensive line problems. And Russ wasn't able to hit his open receivers. Um, the Raiders are dealing with a lot of injuries right now in the secondary. And even still, like they just did, don't really have high-end talent at all. But it was good to see that these this Broncos offense was able to produce and get some stuff going. Like, yeah, the Raiders pass rush did make it a bit rough, especially in the second half. Like, Russ was just on fire early on. Three total touchdowns in this game. This Broncos offense really started to come alive. Um, They just need to make it more sustainable throughout the whole game. And then I thought the Raiders offense really looked back on track, Um, obviously putting up 32 points. Well, six seven of that was from a fumble six. But the they were really well balanced and reliant on their stars which is what i thought they would be i still don't think that they're going to be as good as we thought just Carr has not looked good this season like he's looked maybe like the 16th best quarterback probably closer to the 20th um he's missed multiple throws and constantly was going through his check downs but he was extending plays with his legs more and more this game Um, we'll see if that becomes regular because josh McDaniels has said in the past that he doesn't want his quarterback to run and then this game he puts up like 50 yards like might have been a career high honestly i don't know card doesn't run a lot um interesting week for the raiders offense as it was based off of the ground game with when you'd expect it to be based off the passing game with Devontae adams but adams also had a nice game again so good to see them getting more involved uh, we'll see if they're able to keep this going, though, in the future. And then we have the Chiefs at the Bucks. Um, Chiefs winning forty-one to thirty-one. I was wrong. I had the Bucks covering and winning. Um, Mahomes is just still unreal. Like, how can he face what's been a lockdown defense all year so far, and then just run through them like they're nothing? Um, navigating pressure with ease and making throws at like unreal arm angles. It's just absolutely insane what he can do with the football. The Buccaneers, for their offense though, they need a more balanced approach. Leonard Fournette had three carries for negative three yards and rookie Rashad White had three carries for six yards and a touchdown. I know it's a passing league now, but your quarterback's 45 years old and the wide receiver core have been really struggling with injuries. They can't sustain anything on the ground so far this season, only averaging 65 yards per game. And a lot of this is on the interior of this offensive line, which just could not create any gaps for um, the running backs against the Chiefs. Um, I know they've dealt with a lot of injuries there. I don't know if they will be getting anyone back. I think they everyone in the interior is out for the season. So hopefully these guys can just start stepping it up and actually creating holes, letting this team be more balanced, not just relying on Tom Brady's old arm. On the other hand, for a running game, though, I thought Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and the Chiefs had a really nice bounce back game on the ground. Um, 189 yards and two touchdowns as a team with 92 of those yards and one of the touchdowns coming from Clyde. It's really weird that the Chiefs offense decided to show back up this week and show us just how unstoppable they can be against what might be the best defense in the league. But I'm sure Chiefs fans aren't complaining because if they can do this, like against the Bucks like imagine what they can do to anyone else like they're able this is within them to do any given game just whether or not they choose to wake up like yeah I think the Chiefs look like the team to beat after this week and then lastly um, just what's up with all the poor clock management in the NFL this year like if Todd Bowles had called his second or his two timeouts before the two minute warning they would have had like four more seconds to work with because the clock would have stopped at like 2.20 2.20 before the first down uh, 2.15-ish before the second and then a two minute warning before the third and then the runoff or whatever before the fourth down and they punted it away leaving them with like I don't know like a minute 20 instead of the like 40 seconds that they were left with it was just a really weird decision and a lot of coaches have been making these poor decisions and I don't know I don't know why That just it feels like this should be something coaches are getting better at not worse at Alright, and then the last game of the week, the Rams at the Niners. Uh, Niners winning 24-9. to I was correct, I had the Niners covering and winning. Um, I did not, though, expect Stafford to play so terribly. He should have had at least two more picks than what he ended with. And he did, though, that pretty bad pick six. Um, it was a screenplay and a great play by Hufanga, so you should see that safety crashing down on it and then that fumble at the end of the game. He really only seems to trust Cup and Higby and... Then occasionally you'll throw it to Skoronik, but Allen Robinson has just been irrelevant, which is wild given what we were seeing and the practices in the preseason um, or in training camp and stuff. Like It looked like Allen Robinson was going to be a major part of this offense, and he just hasn't been. This offensive line for the Rams is also decimated, making things a lot harder than they should be with multiple injuries along the interior offensive line, and... Joe Notlum is just no Andrew Whitworth. Like that's a pretty big downgrade. So while Stafford has been pretty off this year, um, it's probably a lot of it has to do with his offensive line. Like he's just been under constant pressure. You can't play sustainable winning co- uh, football as a quarterback when you're got 300 pound men running at your face all day. On the flip side, though, this Niners defense did look amazing and has looked amazing all year. Finishing with seven sacks and a pick six today. Their front seven is absolutely loaded with Nick Bosa having a Defensive Player of the Year campaign, adding two more sacks to that total, and then Samson Ambucom also popped off in a revenge game. So overall in this week, I was nine and seven, and then seven, eight, and one against the spread, bringing my yearly total to 31, 32, and one overall, and then against the spread, 26, 36, and two. Um, Yeah, definitely got to get those numbers out, but hey. We try. Um, hopefully, I can get this one correct with the Colts taking on the Broncos. Broncos at home, three point or three and a half point favorites. Russell Wilson and the Broncos had their best offensive performance last week, as I was just talking about with the Raiders, going 17 for 25, 237 yards, two touchdowns, and another touchdown on the ground with explosive plays really all over. This version of Russell Wilson could win a lot of games as long as their offensive line holds up a tiny bit better and their defense really needs to hold their end of the bargain. However, Javante Williams going down is a huge blow to the Broncos' ground games. They really leaned on Mike Boone Sunday after the Williams injury and then Gordon's fumble. Because after the Gordon fumble, they were like, nah, like here's the ball, Boone. Boone, he's someone who's shown a lot of promise throughout his career with 5.6 yards per carry. But he's always been stuck as the running back three, unless there's injuries and he becomes the running back two. Um, I don't know. I feel like he could have a kind of decent, sneaky, good season here, earn a contract and be like a... Split backfield running back for a while or maybe just stick here and be Gordon's replacement. Um, all I know is I picked him up in fantasy. So and then for the Colts, they need to find offensive identity. Um, this is going to be extra difficult with Jonathan Taylor going down and going against the Broncos defense, which outside of last Sunday has been one of the best in the league so far. It just feels like the Colts are spiraling and I definitely don't think that the Broncos are a good team to be facing in that situation and help them get the groove back. So I have the Broncos covering that three and a half point spread and winning. And so that's going to do it for today's episode. Let me know what you think. Leave a like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Um, Comment below. Let me know how your picks went this weekend and what you think of the Thursday night football game coming up. If you're on Apple, Spotify, wherever else you might be, uh, leave a five-star review there and subscribe. Stick along and I'll see you all next time.